get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Brandon Kiley. Always happy to be joined by Greg Wyshynski. You can find his work over at ESPN.com, where he does excellent works, especially right now, where he's breaking down some of the top trade deadline candidates. Of course, we've been talking a lot about this of late. Greg, we appreciate the time, as always, my man. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Greg, can I just say a big thank you for you and Jeff Merrick getting back together? Because there's one thing I love, <laughs> and it is the Merrick versus Wyshynski, and I'm so glad that that is back. Yeah, it's weird. So ESPN, uh, unfortunately, uh, didn't want me doing any podcasting outside the uh, the family, which is understandable. They paid me, you know, a salary to do hockey for them. Uh, but they allowed me to do uh, an interview each week on Jeff Merrick's radio show in Canada, which is, uh, you know, obviously not uh, competing against us here in the U.S., and uh, everyone wins. <laughs> I get to uh, I get to reconnect with my old friend uh, Jeff Merrick uh, for a good portion of the week, and uh, and uh, and go on our flights of fancy. We just spent forty minutes talking about if the NHL started fresh today with no history, no context, no anything. Uh, what uh, what would it look like? So the ability to to uh, to do this thing with him again uh, is is a real. A real, a real twisteroo in the old life of Greg Wyshynski, but uh, but a good thing for, for everybody involved. I think. Well, Greg, I've been reading and listening to you for years, and one thing that I love that you do is you've got a comprehensive list as we get closer to the deadline, and uh, we've been talking a lot about it over the last couple of days. Here in St. Louis, most of the discussion has been focused on which defensemen make the most sense for this team to acquire. If you could put together, maybe it's a short list, maybe it's just one name that you think makes the most sense. Who would you want to see the Blues acquire as we get closer to the trade deadline? Well, excusing the right side, left side conundrum, which is always going to be one of those things that you really have to focus in on the trade deadline as far as what side of the defense needs the most help. Um, I, you know, one of the names that I, I know has been connected to them is is uh, Ben Schrott from the uh, Montreal Canadiens. That's someone I'm, I'm hoping they don't acquire. To Thank be quite you. You and us you. too, Greg. Us too, Greg. Yeah, <laughs> His underlying numbers uh, without Shea Weber this year, I think, really exposed where he is uh, at this point in his career. Uh, so I, 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 I would take a pass there. I think a, a better, cheaper option, in, and again, another expiring contract like Sherratt would be Justin Braun from the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, if you could create a trade deadline defenseman in a lab, Braun would be it. He's got over 100 games of playoff experience. Um, he's got an expiring contract, manageable cap hit, of uh, around 1.8 million, plays 20 minutes a night, 
details-oriented defensive defenseman, uh, uh, definitely a guy that you could bring in. And then the other guy, too, I mean, again, not, not really knowing the, the necessary, necessarily which handedness the Blues are in, in the most need for right now, but I'd kick the tires on Mark Giordano from the Seattle Kraken, too, just because of the intangibles that he brings um, and, uh, and, and obviously a different type of defense and more of a puck mover. Um, but the good news for the Blues is that there are a, a lot more, I think, options insofar as defensemen, especially ones with expiring contracts that are available at this deadline than there are at any other position. Greg, what do you think uh, Mark Giordano is going to go for? Because Justin Braun, like that feels like a second, third round pick, maybe a prospect thrown in there because he is an expiring contract. You get By an the older way, guy. Greg knows the way to my yeah, heart. Greg, BK, Justin Braun. BK has been Love going it. on this guy for like six months right now. Since the offseason, I don't even know what he's talking about. But is, is a Mark Giordano strictly a first round draft pick? Or if Seattle's going to have to eat salary, which anybody who makes that trade is going to have to ask them to eat some of that salary, is it going to be more than a first round pick? Well, first-round pick is interesting because, honestly, when you say first-round pick for Mark Giordano, expiring contract, older defenseman, has had a, a pretty good year, but by no means is, is he uh, you know, a cure-all for, for, for all the needs that the Blues might have on their blue line. You're right. It's, it's a lot of freight, and picking up a, a great portion of that $6.75 million contract will probably net the crack in a first rounder and first rounders, you get your bristle when you hear first rounder, but then you think about where the blues will probably end up in that first round. And, uh, that low pick going to Seattle in exchange for a, a defenseman who could really help them out. Then it, then it makes a little bit more sense contextually. Again, the thing about the trade deadline, that's really hard to, to gauge is what the action is going to be like for these players services. How many teams are in the derbies? How many teams figure themselves to be, in the spot where the blues are, where they're a contender. I mean, that's why, that's why I really loved the Calgary flames making that Tyler to Foley trade when they did. I mean, it's not only giving a guy a lot of runway to get used to his new team, his new surroundings and, and everything else. It's also getting ahead of what could be the insanity of the trade deadline. And these prices getting out of whack for players that might not necessarily uh, deserve them. Otherwise, Greg Wyshynski is our guest of ESPN.com. Greg, do you think Justin Braun can play on the left side? Because just speaking to the Blues situation specifically, they are loaded on the right side right now. There's no need for them to add one on the right side of their defensive pairings, but the left side is where they're really lacking. Do you think he could play there? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the, the honesty. The thing about, the thing, the thing about it, the, the, the handedness <laughs> thing is, yeah, I, I think in, in, in most cases you're going to want to have somebody who is more, a lot more experienced in playing on the left side. Um, for me, when I look at a defenseman, I, I, I think less of handedness and I think more of like the need uh, for a certain type of D on, on your blue line, like, you know, you look at a team that can't move the puck. We'll go out, you get yourself a puck mover and then let the details sort themselves out. In the Blues case, I think they could probably use a bit more physicality back there, a bit more stout defensive defensiveness, um, especially considering what they're going to be up against in the playoffs. I mean, you're going to have to overcome either the Avalanche or the, or the Vegas Golden Knights at some point. You're going to need some players like Justin Braun back there. So, again, I, I am usually a lot more analytical in this and would be able to tell you exactly what – left-handed defenseman or left-side defenseman you would need. I know I'm kind of Pierre Maguire-ing it a little bit with the generalities here, um, but uh, but I think in the context of what the Blues should want, it should be a Justin Braun type, but maybe 
the handedness uh, necessitates them looking in a different direction. Greg, I just want to let you know that that, that answer that you just had for BG, that's going to be a new drop for us for every time he asks questions. <laughs> so thank know. you for that because that was phenomenal. <laughs> uh, Greg, I did want to ask you because not just defensemen have been connected to the Blues and the rumors. I think it was last week uh, where Claude Giroux's name was connected. Of course, he's got that no movement clause. He, the report was that he would go to Minnesota, Colorado, St. Louis. So many people we've heard talk about Claude Giroux here in St. Louis say it just doesn't make sense. I don't know where he fits. Do you fall into that category? Do you think if the Blues could pull off that move to get a Claude Giroux, they'd be better for it? Of course they would be. Now, when they say he, where does he, he doesn't fit, what are they, what are they referring to? I, I think they mean because this team's so deep at center with Ryan O'Reilly and Braden Shen and Robert Thomas, and then on the right side, they've got Perron and they've got Tarasenko and Cairo. But for me, Giroux can play anywhere as a forward and he's a top nine guy top six guy and you're going to push somebody good down to a fourth line i think the way they're looking at it greg is they've got a need on the defense why are you adding a potential luxury to the forward group no that see that's the that's the argument i can get behind is that there's a there's another need on the roster that should supersede uh, the acquisition of a star forward I, i think i can get behind that philosophy versus the just general well what does it mean for our lineup i mean you know like Vegas Golden Knights fans were not like, hey, we're adding Jack Eichel, but what about Chandler <laughs> Stevenson? You know, like, it's, you know, if you get a chance to add Claude Giroux to your lineup, you add Claude Giroux to your lineup, but it shouldn't come at the detriment of the, of having the flexibility to say, ship a first round pick or a, a, a high, you know, highly regarded prospect to go get the defenseman that you might need uh, more than you need a forward. But Giroux's great. And like you said, he's got the versatility to play different positions that, uh, up, up top. Um, I think adding them to this mix only makes them an even more dangerous team. And again, like on, on top of needing defensemen on your blue line to be able to handle the uh, the kind of attack that Colorado and, and Vegas can give you, and, and I mean, we might have to include Calgary in that equation too with the way that they can put the puck in the net. Um, you also need to be able to win the arms race too. And you know, the Blues, like we talked about before when we, when we spoke in this season, I mean, the Blues the Blues are a remarkably better offensive team than I think any of us anticipated because of. Uh, the way that Cairo has, has blossomed and the, and the Thomas line with, with him and Tarasenko being as good as they've been this season and, and all the rest. Um, so, yeah, it, it, at the end of the day, it could be just a blessing of riches to have Drew in the mix. Um, and I think I could get behind the idea that if you have the assets, you should spend them more wisely for help on the blue line than, than adding a, a piece like that up front. Greg, this is a conversation that we had yesterday. I, I would love to get your thoughts on it. If I told you, hey, you're Doug Armstrong, you've got a first and a third round pick that you've got available to you that you're going to spend in one way or another. If I said, okay, you, on, on one hand, you, you call up Philly and you give up a first and a throughout, third round pick for Giroux and for Braun. Or on the other hand, you go get one of these defensemen, whoever that guy is in your mind that you think makes the most sense for you, and you only get that defenseman. Which side of that uh, negotiation would you rather be on? Giroux plus Braun or one of the defensemen and just upgrading in a bigger way there? Well, I mean, it depends on the defenseman. I mean, like if we're talking about a situation where the Anaheim Ducks uh, come to an impasse with Hampus Lindholm and all of a sudden you can bring him in, you know, to your blue line in, in pursuit of a cup, uh, or, I mean, then you probably are better off making the first and the third for Hampus Lindholm trade than anything else and then hoping that maybe you can keep around beyond that. Uh, so I, I think it really it goes beyond just the philosophy of what you're looking at to, to speak to. Um, if you have those assets and you really think you can reel in a big fish for your blue line um, in a game-changing way, then I think you have to opt for the defense versus the Braun-Giroux uh, duo. 
So, Greg, I know we've talked about Jordan Bennington in the past on this show, and he gets the start last night. He wins against the Philadelphia Flyers. Does this does a does a victory like that in fixing Jordan Bennington make this team closer to a cup contender, or do you think they could win a cup if he's still not on his game and Billy Hoos was playing the way he is? Well, that's the thing. I think I think we don't really know what of with Huso in the playoffs, and in Bennington's case. Um, you know, the regular season was always going to be what it is with him. I think the, the real question about Jordan was always going to be the playoffs, having lost nine games in a row. Uh, but now to have Huso as, as an option and, and knowing what he's been able to accomplish in the regular season, I, I, I think that it's encouraging. Um, but again, you just don't know what you have with him until you get to the postseason and really understand what kind of goal he is. And, and by that, I mean, I don't think any of us are anticipating that he can't play in the playoffs, that he's going to implode, that he's going to be what Tristan Jari was for the Penguins last year, where he was unable to really answer the bell and, uh, and support his team in a tight series. I think what you're wondering is, is he the type of goalie that's going to be able to steal a game or two in a series, or is he the type of goalie that is simply going to give you competent goaltending and not give up that goal in an inopportune time that's going to torpedo your chances of winning a series? And I mean, right now, I think Bennington falls into that latter category, unfortunately, for them, and I think they... They should go into the, the playoffs with an open mind and, and trying to figure out if, if Huso could be uh, somebody in that in that first category of somebody who can maybe steal a couple games in a series. Final question that I've got for Greg Wyshynski of ESPN.com. He's joining us here on BK and Ferrario. Uh, Greg, I didn't know a ton, I'm going to be honest, about Pavel Buchnevich before he was traded to St. Huh. Louis. You're you're up in New York. You're, you're in the East Coast, so you, I would imagine, have seen a lot more of him prior to his time here in St. Louis th- than I had. The guy has 45 points in 44 games. He's on pace to score 30 goals, and he's a plus 20 on the ice for the Blues this year. He's been arguably their best forward on the season. Did you know he had this in him? So just just so I'm clear, you're not missing Sammy Blay at this point? Is what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> no, no, we're missing more of that second-round draft pick, I think. <laughs> no, he, so the thing about Bushnevich that was always interesting in covering the Rangers, like when, when Elaine Vigneault was the coach in New York, there was always this groundswell of Rangers fans that were like, how is this guy not getting Bucinavich more ice time? Like, he's obviously a, a, a dynamic young player. Uh, you know, there was always this thought of AV having uh, a preference to not play younger players in his lineup and, and not giving them the commiserate ice time. And, and so, like, there was always that groundswell of, like, come on, what are you guys doing with this guy? And then it got even louder when they traded him. <laughs> like, everybody's like, what are you doing? You know, you, you have this piece here. You're trading him ostensibly because you think that you lack a certain toughness. And, and, I mean, I think the prevailing thought in New York was that they had Tom Wilson brain and they were making this decision because they didn't want to be pushed around by Tom Wilson again. Um, and, uh, and then you had a group of, of people just like, this is crazy. This is a really good offensive player. So there are a, a good collection of Pavel Busnevich truthers in New York that knew that this was going to happen, that were convinced that this guy – was this type of player and put in the right environment could blossom um, and are always going to be really confused as to what it was about him that the Rangers I, at first didn't see insofar as ice time and then didn't see insofar as uh, making the, the room salary-wise to keep him uh, in the fold. Greg, I, I do have one more that I wanted to ask you about, and uh, you're a New Jersey Devils fan. You're a New Jersey uh, native, and I mentioned BK's been on the Justin Braun train. I've been on the Ryan Graves train. Does he make sense for the Blues, and do you think the Devils would even trade him? Well, first of all, you, you started that question. I was worried you're going to you're going to ask me about Brodeur and that dumb uniform that he had to wear for like two minutes. 
in St. Louis and ruined 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 every every image I had of him in my I, head. I, I thought he looked incredible, Greg. Personally, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Graves is really good, and, and I think one of the questions that a lot of people have about the Devils is where do they see themselves as far as development as a contender? I mean, you got to remember this has been a really weird year for them in the sense that Mackenzie Blackwood, their goalie, has regressed. Um, so, you know, what is that going to look like next season? And then on the blue line, um, their best laid plans were to have Dougie Hamilton around for the full season. He's been hurt. He's just coming back for the first time in months uh, tomorrow, actually, for them. And part of that equation was 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 having him play with Graves and, and, and having them be a duo. So I think when you talk about the Devils defenseman, the one they'd obviously trade in a minute if they could make it work is P.K. Subban. He's got an expiring contract, but he also has a $9 million cap hit. Yeah, we're good. Uh, Damon, <laughs> Damon Severson's another dude that I think a lot of teams covet. I'm not sure where he fits in as far as their plans for the future. And then I would say Graves is the one they were most – they be most likely to hang on to amongst the veterans just because they'd like to, I think they'd like to play him with Hamilton for a full season next year. By the way, Greg, I used to try and trade for Marty Brodeur on NHL video games for the blues all the time and it never worked. So it was just nice to have that come through <laughs> once in my life. <laughs> well, obviously uh, there was no Corey Schneider in your game to push him out. No. in Jersey. So, I, I, w- uh, I wouldn't yeah. make that trade. Sorry. <laughs> Greg Wyshynski. Find his work over at ESPN.com. He does excellent work. You can also follow him on Twitter at his name, W-Y-S-H-Y-N-S-K-I. Greg, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll talk with you again soon, my man. Anytime. Appreciate See you, Greg. it. Absolutely. It's Greg Wyshynski joining us here on 101 ESPN.